Blog Talk Radio. Blessings of Hashem be upon you this evening. My name is David Fournier, one of the senior instructors here at Restoring Grace. We're broadcasting live on Ustream.tv. You can find us on our Restoring Grace channel. And we're also broadcasting either live or archive on Blog Talk Radio uh, simultaneously. Welcome to the Zohar 15 show. I want to tell you, so many of you have been so kind at uh, supporting the show. Every show we're doing is averaging over 1,000 to 1,200 listeners. And again, I thank you so much. If you ever have any questions or comments about what we discuss here on the show, feel free to contact me at Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Again, that's Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Let's go ahead and get into our portion here this evening. We'll be reading a little bit of a cold, folks. Sorry. We were reading from the Zohar, Volume 19, Portion Balak, and Section 14. And we'll be reading verses 187 through 190. We can never overemphasize. We can never overemphasize the mission to care for the poor. And one thing I want to make sure that we qualify is when we're talking about the poor, that we're not just talking about somebody who is financially in need, but that there's also people who are spiritually destitute or people that are emotionally destitute or people who are disenfranchised. We'll get into that conversation a little bit later on in the show. But what's really important for us to think about is that there's a lot of people in need. You know, this has been a very interesting week for me personally, uh, developmentally, learning, growing, some challenges that I faced. And i got to tell you, uh, at the at the end of it, the most important part for me is to, not to come out on top, but for me to come out as me and to enjoy my life and be vibrant and enjoy the people around me. And this was a week full of those kinds of challenges. Yet, no matter what kind of challenges that I'm facing in my life, no matter how difficult those challenges may be, it's very different from somebody who's in poor in spirit to the point that Jesus, in his famous Sermon on the Mount, uh, attributed to him, talks about people who are poor in spirit. But even beyond that, the rabbis and sages have some things to say about it, too. It is one place. The poor in spirit is one place where Christianity and Judaism uh, share some common ground. They stand together. Now, maybe the approach of how they see the need to take care of them may be different, but they both recognize it. The rabbis and sages taught for thousands of years now that Israel's lack of concern for the poor is what actually led to the destruction of the first temple and the destruction of the second temple. Let me say that again. The rabbis and sages, they teach that, um, that Israel's lack of concern for the poor. And if you think about verses like Hosea, where it, or Haggai and Hosea, where it talks about you live in your houses, that you've got all set up and ready to go. You've got your sealed houses. You have everything in place. Where's my home? Where's my house? Thinking about the needs of others above the needs of our own. Now, Jesus said, he also said, the poor will always be with us. And you have to ask yourselves, Why? Why is that necessary? One thing I can tell you is that whether you're talking about somebody who's poor financially, somebody who has uh, a lack of medicine or a lack of food, if you're talking about somebody who is 
poor in spirit, who is struggling as an individual who's disenfranchised. Maybe uh, they're overweight or too tall or a male when it needs a female or a female when it needs a male or whatever it may be. When you talk about these things, you think, why are these people here? Why couldn't we just all kind of all be on the same kind of wealth level and the same kind of need level? That's because it gives us all things happen for a reason. All things happen for a reason. And the one that I could tell you here is that people in need, people that need you, by the way, not give 30 bucks a month to somebody to go handle something for you. I'm talking about you actually being involved in it. And one of the reasons why is to give you the opportunity to share. We've talked about over and over again how that God's nature is to share. He created us as a vessel so that he could put his nature into us, and then our nature would become one of sharing, and we would share what comes into our vessels. Now, that means that we would need a desire to receive, which we have. And where it splits off is you either have a desire to receive for the self alone, it's all about you and what you can get, or you have the desire to receive for the sake of sharing with others, and that's when God can pour himself through you. Sharing, by the way, is, can be an individual act. It doesn't need to be a corporate expression. And, and the reason I bring that up is because so many people will ask that question. They'll say, well, I can give to my church, and all those things are great. Don't stop doing that. But what about what we're sharing as individuals? What about our lives alone? It doesn't need to be a corporate function. I want to read to you some interesting verses. This is coming from the Zohar and the portion block. We'll start with verse 187. However, there are three types of prayers mentioned in Telahim, or the book of Psalms. The prayer of Moses, the man of Elohim, Psalms 91. This prayer has no equal by any other person. A prayer of David, Psalms 86.1. This prayer has no equal by any other king. A prayer of the poor, Psalms 102.1. Is one prayer of the three mentioned. What is the most important? The rabbis teach that the prayer of the poor. This takes priority over Moses' prayer and is before David's prayer and preempts, preempts all other prayers in the world. The prayer of Moses is the prayer of prophecy, the call to action. And boy, we're, as Christians, we're good at that. We've got that whole fire and brimstone and, and the get behind me, devil, and I bind you in the name of Jesus. We have all that going for us. And that's great. And if you pray that way, that's great. And so you have the prophetic utterance prayers. Then you have the prayer of David, who's a king, the petition of the, for the people. And God, bring us back to a Godful America and not a godless America and all the different rhetoric that you may hear going on with that. But then there's the prayer of the poor, which the rabbis and sages say out of the book of Psalms, this is the cry of the destitute. This is the cry of the person who most needs God. We're going to take a quick commercial break. I'll be right back in about 40 seconds. Please take a listen. If you're interested in Restoring Grace coming out to your church, Bible study, or seminar, this commercial is for you. Looking for something different at your next retreat? Bible study or weekend seminar, Restoring Grace could be the answer for you. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace, and we gladly support, encourage, and minister in many churches across the country. You can reach me at Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Again, that's Dave at RestoringGrace.com. Or you can call 719-233-6265. 719-233-6265 for your next upcoming event. So it's here, Dave at RestoringGrace.com or 719-233-6265. And we know we're a real thing because we're on Google Places. I want to read to you. So why? Why do the prayers of the poor get that special attention? Let's read on in verse number 88. He inquires, what is the reason? He replies, because the poor man is brokenhearted and it is written, 
God is near to them who are of a broken heart. Again, Psalms 34, 19. The destitute quarrels with the Holy One, blessed be he, and the Holy One, blessed be he, listens and pays attention to his words. As soon as the poor man says his prayer, he, God, opens the windows of the firmament, and all the rest of the prayers rising above are pushed away by that destitute, broken-hearted man's prayer. As it is written, a prayer of the afflicted when he faints, which is the Hebrew word ya'atov, which means delays. Why did it say when he is faint in a toff instead of why he delays? The meaning is that he causes delay because all other prayers do not enter until his prayer is entered. The brokenheartedness of the poor, of the afflicted, of the go-withouts, of the needy, of the disenfranchised is the prayer that is nearest to the heart of God. So one thing we could think about, one thing that we could talk about here is that to globally or spiritually position our prayers in a better chance of receivership to God. Not saying that he's not listening to your prayers, but what prayer does he hear first? He's closest to the brokenhearted. By the way, if you're listening to the show tonight, if you're watching the show tonight, and your heart is broken because someone has left you, someone's passed away, things aren't where you thought they should be, you don't feel accepted, but whatever it may be, here's the great news. God, in his infinite wisdom, God, in, in his love for you, he hears your prayer. People often think you got to get your, uh, we like to say, poop in a group. you got to have your act together. you got to be really have it together if you're going to communicate with God. And yet, this book of Psalms tells us that God relates to those who have broken hearts. God sees the suffering of man. By the way, this is a, a large and difficult subject for a lot of people. People may say, why doesn't God uh, deal with this? Why doesn't God deal with the suffering? Why doesn't he deal with the sick? Why doesn't he deal with... I mean, there are people in this world who will die tonight because they don't have water. Something I'm going to use in a little bit to wash my clothes. They don't have water that they can drink without disease in it. There are people dying because they don't have a simple pill. Something that you and I could go to uh, Walgreens. By the way, that's not a sponsorship or commercial. And, and we can go there simply, and we can have those things easily if we wanted them. They're dying from that. And people say, why doesn't God deal with this? Why doesn't he deal with that? You know what God says? Why aren't you dealing with it? That's why you're here. The point of us being here is to join God on the mission of tikkun olam, repairing the world, to be the kind of people that encourage other people and laugh with them and smile with them and maybe give them some fresh water, maybe give them some food, maybe do some things. Even the smallest act of sharing can have the most unbelievable participation in somebody's life. You could spend $8 on something and really get somebody turned around. And the person, again, doesn't have to be dirt poor. They just have a need in that situation and you take care of it. Someday I'll tell you a story about that. People are dying every day from lack of water and clean food, clean water, medicines, starvation. These aren't miracle items. Oh, God. We're praying that you will give us a cure for a cold. We've got a cure for a cold. Oh, God, we're praying that you'll get us some fresh. We've got fresh water. What we don't have, Bono, the front man for the Irish rock band U2, said, we have the resources, we have the time, we have the energy to stop world poverty. Here's the only question that remains. Do we have the will? And that's why the poor are with us, to strengthen our will, to strengthen our resolve, to strengthen our composure so that we're willing to deal with these situations. Let me read verse number 89. 
It's pretty bad when you have to look to see if you have your glasses on. The Holy One, blessed be he, said, let all the prayers get delayed, and this prayer should rise to me. I do not require a court session to intervene between us. Let all his complaints come directly to me, and I and he shall settle it on our own. And the Holy One, blessed be he, is left alone with these complaints in that prayer as is written, and pours out his complaint before God, Psalms 102.1, surely before Hashem. God presses the pause button on the rest of the prayers, and he cancels the court. Someday, if we have a chance, I'm sure in the Zohar study we're going to come across this, and we'll talk about the heavenly court that is convening. By the way, that heavenly court is, is God. When we hear, let us make God in our image, and the conversation is going on in the heavenlies, this is no surprise to anyone who's Jewish and maybe to most people who are Christian, but God deals directly with this problem. Uh, directly, directly with this problem that we could be dealing with. Now, verse number one in verse 190, our last verse this evening, he said the the all the people in heaven are asking why. All the hosts of heaven inquire one another. What is the holy one, blessed be he, dealing with? What is it he's striving with? They reply to him, he's concentrating on his vessels, meaning the brokenhearted, desiring to be alone with them. No one knows what is made of this destitute's prayer and all his complaints. This is the poor has no other desire except when he spills his tears and displeasure in front of the Holy King. The Holy One, blessed be he, has no other desire except when he accepts them when they are poured out before him. That is a prayer that causes delay to all the prayers in the world. God cares. God cares. And he cares for you. not going great. People may have lost their faith in us, and they've lost their faith in our programs. Barner Research says that 62% of Americans today consider themselves to be spiritual but not religious. And what I mean by that is they consider themselves to be following God and doing the things God wants them to do, but they don't have any religious or denominational affiliations. We have got to learn to earn the right to be heard. You know, it's an election year. We hear all kinds of people talking about taking the country back. All these things. Hey, that's great if you think that, but how about helping somebody with a cup of water? How about teaching, helping somebody learn to read? How about sharing something with somebody that they don't have? How about caring for people in a way that expresses to them there's something real? Not because of our rules uh, and not forcing our rules of our community upon them, but because we take the resources of our community and we go out to them. My name is David Fournier, Senior Instructor here at Restoring Grace. Thank you so much for joining me. I look forward to seeing you next week on Zohar in 15. Mm-hmm.